0: George Clooney and Val Kilmer, if you ever want to come on this show and tell us how bad you think Anne Hathaway played Cat Moon, please do. With
1: that paycheck, you can buy the beer.
0: Send us beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, and here we go with another episode of Comic Books and Cold Ones, a podcast where we grab some brews, talk about comics, and whatever else comes to our heads. I'm K-Mac, and I'm joined by uh, my buddy, Yek, who is the best at doing Batmobile wheelies. How are you doing, Yek?
0: I'm pretty good tonight. Giant, oversized Batcave penny, (laughs) K-Mac. Yes, that's me. (laughs) So we're back for our second part of our holiday episodes of the 12 Days of Batmas. For all you that have already been listening to and singing along the first six lyrics, we're back with the rest of the six lyrics all running it down for you tonight, and really pumped to bring it to you. Uh, but first, we'll get some particulars out of the way here. As KMAC uh, read you, this is the podcast where we like to talk about all things comic books and drink all things beer. And that's what we're doing. And this is the holiday edition, like we said. So if you would like to reach out to us and write us some emails, you can write us at cbco podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at cbco or comic books and cold ones on Instagram where you can be reached out at all those different uh, social medias and you can download our podcasts, wherever podcasts are available.
1: Yes. Wherever, wherever you want. <laughs> And we have a shout out to a new fan this week, someone who was from Paradise, Nevada, who bravely downloaded all of our podcasts this week. <laughs> Spectacular. Shout out to you, Paradise, Nevada.
0: Yeah, we're, we're pumped to have you in the Batmiss Folds today, and I hope to see the feats of strength that you'll be providing when you sing this lovely lyrics of our song, Loud and Proud, to all your friends. Once again, this is the 12 Days of Batmiss, and we're doing this cinematic edition. So this is all live action Batman things, and we're counting it down via the Classic, classic 12 Days of Christmas songs. And just to run over, if you want to hear about the different verses that we covered, uh, that's in our previous podcast, but we don't want to get too much into it. But there's a variety of them, all the way from the serial verse, the 66 verse, the Burton verse, the Schumacher verse, the Nolan verse, the Snyder verse, the miscellaneous verse, the Arrow verse, the future Batson verse, which we didn't really cover, but we, we do talk about, and of course the stupid shit verse that is the Joker.
1: <laughs> just had to get that in oh, had to get no, that one ter- in, right?
0: Terrible thing. <laughs> and before you nerd, you've been writing us some emails and I'll let K Mac cover some of the the, the the corrections and let you know why we did not count some of the things in our previous ones. But to, to to just be a little nitpicky, I know some people the original lyrics for the twelve days of Christmas had sent to me, but we in the Batmess world the Twelve Days of Batmas they gave to me. So that's that's just that.
1: Right. Because DC Cinematic gave us this movies. They didn't send us anything. Really, Nobody think sends
0: us anything. <laughs> I
1: know. Come on. Come on. It's 2020. You're given stuff. Anyway, so some corrections we have so you all can stop sending us emails. Like, trust us. We'll figure this stuff out. We appreciate the emails. Keep sending them, but send them about other things now.
0: <laughs> Go nerd elsewhere, nerds.
1: <laughs> so uh, regarding Harvey Dent, we did... We've covered him last week.
0: In the second day of Christmas, we have two two faces.
1: Yes, and we're aware that Billy D. Williams did in fact play Harvey Dent in the Batman movie that came out in 1989, where Michael Keaton was Batman. But he was never Two Face, so he doesn't technically count as a Two Face for the two two faces. If you
0: if we if we were to have a countdown of Lando Dents, he would count <laughs> the smoothest Correct. man in the Millennium Falcon and Gotham. That's a fact. There's also a Harvey Dent in Gotham, too. We don't count that. He never he never actually appears with Batman at all on screen or fights him or ever becomes Two-Face. So, nay on the Gotham, a U-Face Ray.
1: U-Face Ray. All right. <laughs> U-Face Ray. Sure, whatever. And apparently, Shane West, who- Pretty famous, right, Shane West?
0: Uh, has played uh, Tom Sawyer in the movie adaptation of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ah, that guy. Also appeared in other movies. It was on the Lymphim Nikita TV show, I believe also, and also petitioned heavily to be Gambit in the Gambit s- solo movie that's never been made, with that was going to be made with Shannon Tatum.
1: Well, thank God that movie got never got made.
0: Which, which is disappointing to me, because uh, Shannon West on Gotham played a terrible version of Bane that none of us really watched. And we also don't count that because he never fought Batman, even though he does have a breathing mask in our first day of Christmas is a Bane in a breathing mask. We do not recognize that. But if he ever does play Gambit in a terrible adaptation on screen, he would be, I think, pretty much comic book live action royalty of bad movies because he would be a bad adaptation of League of Extraordinary Unlimited bad adaptation of Bane, and probably a bad adaptation of Gambit. That'd be three universes worth of bad comic books on celluloid.
1: Nice. And we would definitely talk about that here. We would devote one whole episode to him if he chooses to go that route.
0: And we would love to have Shane West to talk about it with us on here.
1: Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> that would do wonders for his career.
0: Best. And he can bring Mandy Moore along too. We're always disappointed that Mandy Moore has not been in any of these Batman things yet.
1: Right. All right. So beers, you go first.
0: Okay. Okay. Since we're continuing on with our Christmas beers, I decided, you know, we're a little bit closer to Christmas to really break out the big guns. And I'm doing uh, this year's um, from Hardywood Brewery in um, Richmond, Virginia, their 2020 Christmas morning, Kentucky Christmas morning, large format beer. It's a Imperial Milk Stout aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels with ginger, vanilla, honey, cinnamon, and coffee. This bad boy's coming in at 11.6% alcohol.
1: Good God!
0: <laughs> it's one, one point nine point four ounces, um, uh, in fifty five IBUs. I I've had some Hardywood stuff before. They always do like large formats. It's really good stuff. They make a non Kentucky version of this, but when they age in the barrels, they call it the Christmas Morning Kentucky Christmas Morning. And I've heard really good things about it, so I'm really pumped to pop this one open. It's got a cork and everything. You will see me lit like a Christmas tree.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So I had to go a little bit good. Did you have something else?
0: No, what what are you drinking? I was gonna.
1: All right, so I had to go a little bit off script for this, just because the, the oh. beer that I thought would be perfect for this podcast was also a spiced ale, which is what I had last time, and it looked like it was almost brewed very similarly to to the one I had last week. So I went off script. I had I had really no other um Christmas beers that I could find. So I have a beer from Another local brewery, the brewery is somewhere in between downtown Tampa and Ybor City. It's called Hidden Springs Ale Works, and my beer is called I Am the Walrus, <laughs> right? So not exactly Christmassy, but there has to be a Batman villain called the Walrus, and I understand the Beatles reference here, yes. um, everyone, uh, and Yek knows I understand the Beatles reference here, for <laughs> sure.
0: I mean, for this episode, we'll just call it I Am the Penguin Beer, and it's not from what Hidden Springs brewing. It's from Lazarus Pit Brewing.
1: Lazarus Pit Brewing. Correct. And now I thought it had high, had a higher ABV, but I think it's a 5.5 ABV according to what I'm seeing here on the website. And it is a Berliner Weiss. It is made with plum and bourbon-soaked oak chips. So Ooh. like sugar plums. Yes. There we go.
0: Sounds pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
0: And after the recording of the last one, we got into the Christmas tree quite a lot. And, and Kevin kind of recreated uh, a certain scene from a certain Batman movie when uh, Alfred Pennyworth has to ask uh, Bruce Wayne, why do we fall down, sir?
1: So we can get back up.
0: So we can learn to get back up again. Oh, we can learn to get back
1: <laughs> up again. Yes. Yes. I had to learn to get back up again. Still getting up, actually, for, somehow.
0: Well, if you just threw out your back grappling hook and pulled yourself up like I am about to on this beer, let's crack it open. Oh,
1: All right. Here's like a bottle of wine, right? Yep.
0: Oh, did you hear that sound effect? I did. <laughs> so this is pouring out, as you would expect from a milk stout, dark black <laughs> Kentucky Christmas.
1: Right. I have Ooh. another one in the fridge from the same brewery, and it's called Serenity Now, and it's a chocolate cherry milk stout. But I just didn't have it in me. I couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> if it's Serenity Now, then we could call it the, uh, the Festifus beer right as, as a reference to now a little tv show that was called seinfeld that only featured superman's never any batman's or we could have done it in this episode
1: i know jerry stiller <laughs>
0: well i'm gonna take my first sip cheers all right cheers oh that's too smooth yeah good like normally normally when you get the the bourbon barrel aged beers they come out can come out a little syrupy especially when they're in the higher content this is not syrupy at all. It must be like the the, the black toast they had to make the milk stout. Then it's just too smooth, and I I I'm gonna have to learn to get back up again. If if, if you could send Pennyworth over to help me,
1: yeah, you're gonna have to <laughs> drink that one slow. <laughs> okay,
0: uh, we'll count down back our lyrics here real quick. K Mac, do you want to lead us off with a?
1: Why don't we just start where we're going to start? Okay. And then the person that's do do I start off? Is that what it is?
0: If you would like to, we're on the seventh no, is, day. So if you want to start on the seventh day,
1: right? You did six.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: Okay, so I'll start us off. We're we're on the seventh day. Everybody need to clear my throat.
0: Let me clear my throat. Oh. <laughs> <clears>
1: throat> on the seventh day of Bat Miss DC's cinematic. Universe gave to me seven regalia riddling, six robins of holy smoke, and five green-haired, green-haired jokers. jokers, four sonaring bat wings, three Gotham penguins, two two faces, and a bane and a breathing mask. Way to,
0: way to kick it off. So for those that are listening, that's seven regalia a riddling, which goes along with the lyric of Seven swans a swimming.
1: And when is the number seven like the number three, Yuck? I don't
0: know. Riddle me this.
1: When there are three Riddlers on the seventh day of Christmas.
0: Ah, snap. There it goes.
1: That's how we did it, folks.
0: So we wanted to cover the big four, so this is how we're getting the big four in. We've already gotten Joker. We've already gotten Penguin. This is our Riddler, so I'll let you in. Somebody else is coming after on another day, but for the seven regalia riddling, there are seven different, (laughs) there are seven different, there's seven different Riddler outfits worn in the Batman 66 show, the Batman Forever movie, and the Gotham um, show when uh, the actor becomes Riddler. So, we'll count down all our Riddlers here. There were two Riddlers in Batman 66. There was Frank Gorshin, of course, uh, the man of many voices, who portrayed famously and Riddler in a number of episodes, he got into some type of uh, money squabbles with the um, TV show and wasn't able to be resigned in time for an episode. So they brought in a little guy by the name of John Aston, Rudy's dad, who... Really? Who it also, yeah, also known as Gomez Adams.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, So famous, another famous actor to come in and play the Riddler. They both wore the classic Riddler jumpsuit, the green suit with purple tights and span uh, purple speedos and the big question mark on on the thing and as well as frank gorshin wore the super sweet riddler three-piece suit with the the bowler hat the classic
1: yes that was a great suit plaid with puffy pink tie that was in episode one i believe because he was the villain in episode one of the 66 batman series where he 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 tricked Batman and then served him with a lawsuit. That was the, they're like, all right, we have this great idea for this Batman show. Episode one, Riddler sues Batman.
0: (laughs) That's how they got, that's how they got componed. That's how they'll get get Batman. (laughs) Brilliant. Villain evasion. (laughs) And so those were the two suits worn in 66. And then um, Jim Carrey wore three suits themselves. Um, so he wore uh, a, the classic jumpsuit with all the little riddles, or little question marks on it, a regular suit, similar to Frank Corshin's th- button down three piece, and a shiny white jumpsuit with Riddler's and becomes like the Riddler God or whatever at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. When he says, don't you say, I am God?
0: Yes. No, it's, uh, if knowledge is power, the God am I. In classic Jimmy hurry That's right. And finally, in the Gotham TV show, we have Cor- Corey Michael Smith wearing a green regular suit that is like the precursor to the Riddler suit. And then he finally gets a proper Riddler suit in the final episode with question marks on it. But it's a button-down three-piece suit, but never the jumpsuit, but a long trench coat.
1: Now in Gotham, at the, in the last episode, do do all the villains kind of come out and become villains or does it happen gradually?
0: So before the final episode, they they've been morphing to the villains. And so Penguin starts kind of looking like Penguin, but he isn't fully fully into the last episode where he wears like a tuxedo and he comes out of prison with a pointy nose and a, a pot belly. And similarly, Edward Nigma had been wearing a green, all green suit, but then he gets a bot, a nice trench coat with question marks on it and a bowler hat and everything.
1: Okay. And he was like a Gotham PD CSI or something yes. before that. Right?
0: Yeah. Okay. And he ends up murdering, I believe, his, his girlfriend's love interest the one he wants to be make his love interest and then he ends up murdering her i think also I remember a lot of murder goes on in the, that tv show <laughs> yeah.
1: he's more of a sinister well i guess everyone's more of a sinister character yes in that show
0: so those are those are our seven riddler outfits and uh as well as our actors for all our uh, riddlers so we, we've been debating on who we think's the best and i i think this one's kind of hands down there's only been one real riddler and, and i think it's, it's frank gorshin I don't know about you, K Mac.
1: I agree. Frank Gorshin was the Riddler. He actually used riddles, yes. which was helpful. Jim Carrey was more like the Joker than the Riddler, to be it, honest. That, that kind of like crazy character. In
0: in Gotham, even in Corey Michael Smith does use riddles. And even at the end, he, he his whole gimmick is he's going to blow up something, and he's like, "I'm going to come out, tell my riddle, and then blow up everything." But it's not <laughs> it's not central to the <laughs> the character where he has to give the riddles out the whole time, and he'll go mad if he doesn't get the riddle, even though. The, Solving the riddles will break up his case. He knows Batman will beat him. His compulsive, his compulsive mind must give the riddles.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. So about the 66 TV show, and the reason that Gorshin is the best Riddler is because essentially every character, every villain on that TV show is the Riddler because they all give riddles and clues as to their locations or their caper. So it seems like every single villain in that, show is based on the Riddler. That's why he's number one. (laughs) He
0: is and and he also got nominated for like an acting award for his performance, like a British acting award. He wanted more money. That's reason he wanted more money. And that's the reason they're like, nope we're not gonna pay you anymore. And he was over contracts. But even before John Aston they were gonna have the Riddler and they couldn't get anyone to play the Riddler. So they changed it to a puzzler episode, which which may be covered here later.
1: Oh yeah, the puzzler. <laughs> but yeah, it may be covered here later. You're gonna have to stay tuned to find out. I mean, whoo <laughs> don't stay in your seats, folks. Don't go anywhere.
0: So so seven regalia riddling. Frank Gorshin, by far the best. Sixty-six Batman. If you if you notice we're kind of heavy on the, the sixty-six, it keeps winning out. Um, but that brings us to the eighth day and <clears throat> me 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 i'm ready ready for me my singing came back.
1: oh yeah i'm ready cover your ears
0: on the eighth day of batmas dc cinematic gave to me eight batmobiles a wheel losing seven regalia riddling six robin a holy smoking five green-haired jokers four sonoring batwings Three Gotham penguins, two two Two-Faces, and a Bane in a breathing mask.
1: Very well done. Very well done. All right. So the original lyric for the eighth day of Christmas is eight maids a-milking. And we have eight Batmobiles a-wheel losing. So obviously that everyone can see the... You know, the reason we did that. And yes.
0: And and of course it is the double, double Christmas reference, Batmus reference in the classic song Jingle Bells in the extended verse, which is
1: Batmobile lost a wheel, Joker got away. That's right. Hey, you are you're just deep. You go so deep. It's
0: Batmus. It's my favorite holiday. So out of all the movies and TV shows of live action, there have been eight Batmobiles. And we're about to count them down for you here. So in the '43 serial, there was a 1939 Cadillac Series 75 convertible. Similarly, in the '49, there was a 1949 Mercury convertible. Batman loved convertibles.
1: Oh, you need a convertible.
0: <laughs> there's, and, and then in the, the 1966. There's the the famous Batman. Be probably the the iconic the George Barris, who is a famous custom car maker. He makes uh, out of a Lincoln Futura the the Batman '66 Batman with turbine engines and everything. And then in the 1989, 1992 movies in the Burtonverse, we get the Chevrolet Impala base uh, Batmobile that I actually saw at uh, the Museum of American History when they when here at the Smithsonian, when they had a little Batman or a, a comic book exhibit. They put it in a prominent display.
1: Right. And you wheelied it, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I got right in and said, take a look at my dumb machine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then in 95 we got another complete custom vehicle for batman forever and then batman and Robin, you of course got another complete custom that they did for those uh finally uh verse. what did we have KMAC.
1: we have the tumbler which is again more of like an urban warfare vehicle something that uh, lucius fox designs in the uh wayne industries basement and in uh, Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice—we essentially just have a tank,
0: yeah, right? It becomes—they take kind of the Tumbler idea, make it look a little more car-like, but it becomes a tank with a turret on top, and it can move side to side and all this crazy stuff. And, and it's the one they use in the the Batman games, you know, the Arkham Asylum and all those games, also.
1: Oh yeah, right. that's a good one. I got stuck on that game. I couldn't, I couldn't get past certain level. I'm going to have to get back to that now that I have my PlayStation back.
0: Now I haven't watched it, but there is a YouTube documentary about all the Batmobiles. Oh, really? Yeah, all the live action Batmobiles.
1: Well, I don't know how. Let's pause this podcast right now (laughs) and go watch I don't know how.
0: So Batman has made so much cinematic stuff that they can actually make documentaries just about the vehicle Batmobile he drives.
1: (laughs) Right. That's impressive. That's impressive. They really have done a good job, obviously, making Batman movies, but also, you know, varying the different elements in those movies, like different bat wings different uh, bat caves different batmobiles i mean they're really i don't know really creative for sure so we can probably rule out the regular cars oh right? no way the
0: super sweet the best is because <laughs> he's, bruce wayne drives around in the same car with alfred pennyworth and then all of a sudden you see batman driving around town in the same cars as well <laughs> incognito
1: <laughs> pay no attention <laughs>
0: And sometimes they change in their costumes in the car. So they'll start out as, they'll go in as Bruce Wayne and Robin, Bruce Wayne and Bur, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, and come out as Batman in the same car.
1: I saw one episode where they, they dropped off Vicky Vale somewhere. Robin moved into the driver's seat, or, well, Dick Grayson moved into the driver's seat. Bruce Wayne went into the back seat. They pulled up the convertible top and Vicki Vale's looking at him like, what are you doing? And there's like starting to take off his jacket while Robin's driving away. <laughs> and hey, you know, Hey, you can't stop, you know, you're fighting crime. You gotta, you know, you gotta be ready. And the fact is too, I guess like the, the costumes are just on the floor in the back. So whoever comes into the sits in the car is going to see the costumes right there. It's like, you know, like the second drawer of the file cabinet. Do,
0: do, you, do you think the people in Gotham are like, wow, that Bruce Wayne's really, really, really nice guy. Let's Batman borrow his car all the time. Even, even let that young Robin drive around in it.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but they're super sweet. They make use of the, the, the convertible, obviously, just to hide the fact that they're changing the costumes, jumping in and out of the car and all, all types of craziness in those vehicles.
1: Yeah, definitely helpful to have a convertible when you have to jump out real fast to start... Uh, <laughs> Start your fisticuffs. <laughs>
0: start, start dog pile fisticuffs on everybody. <laughs> Fist of fury.
1: Fists of fury, For sure.
0: <laughs> so the, the next one would be, of course, the, the, the classic all, all bat turbines to power. Speed what's the whole what's the whole line again? I can't over, I can't remember. Do you have it, K Mack?
1: No, well, I know it it's powered from a nuclear turbine because yep. in one of the episodes, uh, one of the one of the, I can't remember whose henchman it was, she ended up in the Batcave, and then for some reason she climbed up in onto the nuclear reactor and fell down into it, and they said that that nuclear reactor powered the Batcave. So they have, like, a nuclear reactor under Wayne Manor in 66 <laughs> Batman. It's like, okay, well, and no one knows? No well, one knows.
0: It, the best part is, who's managing that nuclear reactor? Is that, is that, is that, part, of, is that part of Alfred's duties?
1: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But I do like the Batmobile. it has everything in it. It has buttons for everything. Oh yes there was um an episode where someone tried to steal it and every time someone tries to steal it but they they have like a plate with a name for the button and they can flip a plate over it that says it's something different. so when they try to start it, it like you know shoots out flares and things and then there's another another time where Joker. No, Riddler tries to steal it and kidnap Robin, and the same thing happens. So the Batmob- that Batmobile is unstealable, and we know that's not the case with some other Batmobiles.
0: Yeah, later on. But yeah, the, the, the classic though, scene of it coming out of the Batcave is amazing. And, and the line is, atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed, Roger ready to move out.
1: Ah, gotcha.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the, the classic scene of it... it uh, coming out of Stately Lane Manor, which is located somewhere in the um, the hills outside of Los Angeles, California, in the desert hills outside of Los Angeles, California, is amazing. Most people don't know Gotham is in actually Los Angeles. Uh, Batmobile and cave are all out in the desert, as we've seen in the serials and in the '66.
1: Right. No one's ever seen. No one's ever on that road, so no one ever sees the Batmobile come in and out of that spot. Which I mean is. Pretty lucky, well planned, I guess.
0: Now, when the the Burton Batmobile came out, did it blow you away as a kid? Because it was like a whole new what the heck? Because it still had the, the turbine engine and everything, which was amazing. But it was this whole sleeked out, crazy looking thing that you've never seen before.
1: Yeah, this this long, narrow vehicle. Yeah, it blew me away for sure. I loved it. I yeah, loved it.
0: It, it. Yeah, it was. It it, it what's interesting is it, it it had odes to like old like nineteen twenty styles cars, so it kind of echoed those old serial verse. You know, long hoods and and the short back ends and the big fin coming off in the back. So it, it was kind of cool that way.
1: Yeah, it was really cool.
0: And it, and it had a certain same thing where it came out blaring with the big rocket engine knocking leaves up and everything coming out of the- right.
1: it. Right, and had missiles and guns, <laughs> which which the sixty six Batmobile didn't have. But yeah, it had a it did, it did also have like autopilot too. Yes. Yeah, and the one thing about it though is it, like, a car like that really can't handle on the road. That car can't turn. <laughs> There's no way.
0: Uh, I saw Michael Keaton turn it very damn well.
1: Well, true, true. It is. Well, Batman can turn it, but uh, and and so can Penguin, but no one else can turn it.
0: <laughs> so yes, the, the Penguin steals it in in Batman Returns, right?
1: Yeah, he steals it and then fires off a whole bunch of stuff and tries to frame Batman. Uh, or at least turn public opinion against Batman for him while he's running for mayor. I believe it's been a little bit since I've seen it. I don't really think it ended up having anything to do with the plot though, but you know, I don't think it really helped or hurt anyone because they just ended up fighting at the end.
0: And then in the next one, Batman forever, doesn't the Riddler gain control of it?
1: He might, he might.
0: He gets a remote control joystick or whatever. I think in that Batmobile, we call the love machine. As we, as we yeah. pointed out last episode, that's that edition of the Batmobile when Robin steals it as a, a new new Ute at at Wayne Manor, and he goes driving around and hits on uh, the wonderful singing group of In Vogue, and he says, "Take a ride, you want to take a ride, my low machine, ladies."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never gets old. <laughs> and then, and then the final one, you get like the silvery looking Batmobile that. Uh, uh, George Clooney drives the next one. That is all that uninteresting. Cause right, I
1: don't even remember that one.
0: It's kind of like, yeah, it kind of looks like the new one, like the one they did before, but not not that much of a variant. You're more you're more paying attention to the the Robin cycle and the Batgirl cycles because they yeah. get motorcycles because they don't even want to be seen in that mo- that Batmobile.
1: Right? No, no, way. no <laughs> way. It's no longer the love machine. It's
0: no longer the love machine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then i think just like the um the 89 batmobile uh i think the tumbler also had the same effect i mean it's like oh this is this is a whole new batmobile you're like you know there's two intermediate batmobiles yeah, it's kind of derivative the tumbler was like oh this is a whole new thing you know, they kind of whoa whoa that makes sense that that, that looks like a, what a batmobile should look like
1: right yeah there's definitely like uh you know holy crap factor when you saw the tumbler, and it makes sense for for that movie for sure because Batman is accelerating his war on crime to such a high degree in these movies that having it essentially because it's kind of like a tank too, yes. but it's, it's not quite a tank. It's an
0: armored car. It doesn't have the big turret on it yet. It has yeah. some guns, in it, but it doesn't have the other.
1: Yeah, and it has um also has remote control capabilities. If I if I'm correct, yes. It has what what else can it do? I remember it being able to do something.
0: It, it can jump.
1: It can. It can jump. Yeah, it took a took a bazooka in yep. in the dark night, and that's that. Pretty much took it out for the most part. But it also can eject the motorcycle, yes. which is a nice touch. And the other Batmobiles, well, the the Burton verse Batmobile could do something like that, where the front of it could come off.
0: Yeah, wouldn't you go down into like a, like a gun in it, like like lower into it, and yeah. fire it?
1: Could it split in two?
0: I don't. Could it split in two? I don't remember that.
1: I don't remember either.
0: This is the reason we should watch the documentary on all the Batmobiles. I know, I know. <laughs> if somebody would just make a documentary about all the Batmobiles.
1: <laughs> now We have a 10 email limit. So you can send us 10 emails about what we're getting wrong about the Batmobile, guys, <laughs> and gals. But, so the, the Tumblr can can eject that motorcycle. And yeah. the motorcycle that comes out of it is super cool because it you can spin around in between the wheels. Then...
0: That's the sound it makes, especially when Catwoman drives it in. <laughs> at Dark Knight
1: Rises. That was a good idea for Catwoman to drive that motorcycle. <laughs> it was a great idea.
0: Came back with a big fan of Catwoman driving a Batcycle.
1: Yes, good idea. <laughs> it, Why else it, would you make that
0: movie? <laughs> Finally, we get the tank drive, driven by Batflack, Basically, just derivative of the tumbler with with more refined, making it looking more futuristic and actually more tank-like and all those things. You know, So it doesn't blow me away you know, really that much like the Tumblr did. Yeah, same here. It wasn't like, oh, no. So basically we're going back to this derivative derivative thing. So basically what I'm saying is Snyder is to Nolan like Schumacher was to Burton.
1: Yes, yes, that is a perfect comparison. (laughs)
0: They both begin with S in their name. (laughs) They both are, are trashing perfectly good series, ruining fans for life.
1: Now I think this is one of the toughest votes. So
0: we're down to, I think, you know, all the, the serial ones um, are still in there, I think. <laughs> no, no. It's, I think so, too. <laughs> well,
1: well, I mean, I would probably, at least, you know, in a way, you have to be more creative if you have a regular car than if you have, like, a weird tank yes. derivative. You know what I mean?
0: It just wasn't in the budget for the serial verse, I don't think, to have a, a, a whole new custom car, like... No. And I, you know, the 66, I think the car is as much a star of the show as Adam West and Burt Ward.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think you're right. And I, and I think also, too, the you now the back to the tank and Dawn of Justice, it's really not even in the movie that no. much. It's out. Yeah. In the other ones, the Batmobile. Or or Tumblr, they play a pivotal role in almost everything Batman yes. does.
0: In the '66, in the 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 '89, the and the Tumblr, I think are all all key. So I don't I don't think I can choose just one.
1: Yeah, I don't think I can either. And you know, we talked about this last episode, like the '66 show. Uh, you know, I have just such good memories of watching that in syndication when I was a kid, and the '89 Batman. You know, rocked the world of young comic book readers at the time. Yeah, it was like just
0: like a turbine in the back of your ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe not quite like that. <laughs> Tumblr kind of did that again. You know, you were like, well, you always wonder what they're gonna, how they're gonna redesign the Batmobile for new movies, and they really didn't do much redesign for the Batmobile and the Schumacher movies. But, but then Nolan did. You know, did a. It was it was nice to see. As much as I like the '89 Batmobile, it was nice to see them kind of start yeah. over and do something completely different. They did still
0: have the turbine in the back, though. They all three of the yeah. ones had Pretty the turbine. Standard. Yeah, because when Alfred's designing a Batmobile, he makes sure there's a turbine. It's <laughs> part of. The,
1: oh yeah, part of the have... nuclear
0: engineering job.
1: Right, you have that nuclear <laughs> reactor down there. You need to Use it for something. <laughs> And and you know the the uh the four, the thirty the the serials, they they also had a nuclear turbine nuclear, in the back of that car, right?
0: Not quite yet. <laughs> I assume it was
1: oh, that's that's pre Manhattan Project. Well,
0: the 43 was definitely pre pre Manhattan Project. Although they do have radium guns in that one. So they are they, they are aware of radiation. <laughs> so okay. We're through eight days now, so we're moving on to nine, which I think is gonna be one of the most popular popular one we talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. All right.
0: Sing along, K Mac.
1: All right. Here we go. On the ninth day of Bat Miss, DC Cinematic gave to me nine Catwoman Batoozing, eight Batmobile's a Wheel Losing, seven Regalia Ridlin, six Robin's a Holy Smoke, and five Green Hair Jokers. Four sonaring bat wings, three Gotham penguins, two, two, and, a, bang, and a breathing, breathing man. Well done,
0: K-Mac. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: so, for the people out there that may not have heard the lyric as loud with K-Mac's operatic voice, that is nine cat women bat two seeing, which Bat-tusie, which, yeah. which, which, which pairs well with the actual lyric for the 12th day of Christmas, which is nine ladies dancing. So we got our leading lady of the bat universe, and she's doing the bat to from the 66 uh, episode cats meow, where we get to see Batman take to the dance floor and do the amazing bat two dance that, that was all the rage that year.
1: Right. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, you can Google it and find it pretty quickly.
0: It has its own Wikipedia page. <laughs>
1: I saw that, yeah, and it's kind of reminiscent of like John Travolta. It seems like in Pulp Fiction does a bit of that dance when he puts his fingers over. I believe
0: his eyes. he borrowed uh, Quentin Tarantino had him borrow that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so too. I think it was uh, an, an homage to the Batu see Batu Sing. What the is that? Batu Sing. Batu Sing. Sing. to Sing. Nine Catwoman. to Sing. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> So we've had a lot of Catwoman, right?
0: Amazingly, a lot of Catwoman. Of all the people that have played uh, villains, Catwoman comes in as number one. Uh, number of people that have portrayed uh, the villain of different people.
1: Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and she tends to appear in almost all of the ver- like all the versions. So there's, you know, obviously different sets of movies. You just don't have certain villains. But so I'll, I'll start in the in the '66 we have. Lee Merriweather, who played Catwoman in the movie. We have Julie Newmar, who played Catwoman in the first two seasons Correct. of The Batman.
0: To Wong Fu. Thanks for all the help, Julie Newmar. <laughs> Whatever the name of that movie is. Oh, oh.
1: Yeah, you're Patrick Swayze. I'll be Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and then we have Eartha Kitt, who finished the series out as Catwoman. <laughs> so <we> had- Catwoman. <laughs> yes, we- <laughs> So we had three from the 1966 show, essentially. And then we move on to the Burton verse. We had Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Played a very. That very white good gold. Ice gold. cold. <laughs> you know, Michelle Pfeiffer is referenced in a whole lot of hip hop and and pop well, music. Because she's
0: white gold, Catwoman.
1: <laughs> Glad you brought that up. And I never watched Birds of Prey, but we have Casey Elizabeth. Islick, is yes, that correct? She
0: is a stunt woman who appears on screen as Catwoman in like a brief scene, like a flashback scene. She has no lines. She <laughs> barely's there, but she counts because we need nine of them, and there's nine cats with nine lives. Bat two seeing,
1: so it's meant to be. Congratulations, Miss Eastlick.
0: <laughs> and for those of you that have not seen *Birds of Prey*, not many people did because it only lasted one season on the CW. But it was interesting because it had Adina Meyer as uh, a wheelchair-bound Barbara Gordon, playing Oracle, a Selena Kyle daughter uh, that becomes the Huntress, which isn't true in the DC universe, also. And I can't remember that actress's name, but she had short hair. She appeared in a couple movies, not a whole lot. And it also has. One me is Sarah, eventually playing Harley Quinn.
1: That's right. That's right. From Ferris Bueller's day off. She,
0: after going on the wacky, wacky, maniacal ride that is Ferris Bueller, she has to move on to even, even crazier hijinks, <laughs> or, or is it, or is it less crazy hijinks? Is Joker less crazier than Ferris Bueller?
1: Yeah. Ferris Bueller <laughs> wins that for sure. So speaking of Ferris Bueller, this is a funny, funny coincidence. So look at my shirt.
0: <laughs> oh, he's wearing the Sausage King of Chicago shirt. Hey, Promen. Yeah. Okay.
1: Abe Froman, Oscar King of Chicago. What do you know? Weird. Right?
0: Not to dwell on Mia Sarah anymore, but we'll go on. And so we have Elizabeth Eastlick. That's followed by the standalone Catwoman movie with Holly Berry uh, appearing as Catwoman. And then we have uh, In the Dark Knight Rises, Anne Hathaway taking her turn as Catwoman in the Nolan verse. And then finally, we get two more uh, actual players of Catwoman. We have a young Selena Kyle in Carmen bikondova and Gotham, and then in the last episode, you have the grown-up version of that young Catwoman, played by Lily Simmons, who's who's actually become fully Catwoman, but they do kind of refer to a Catwoman before. What's amazing is the young Carmen Cordova and Lily Simmons looks like literally a grown-up version <laughs> of of the younger actress, like like just like oh, really? a carbon copy. But what's amazing is. Those two actresses basically continue on the Michelle Pfeiffer look of Catwoman with curly hair, curly blonde hair, uh, you know, gold gold blonde hair, and, and that kind of whole look, a little more cat like. So and then eventually, those are the nine, but eventually we will also get Zoe Kravitz playing it in the new Batson verse Batman whenever that comes out.
1: All right. So Did you know
0: there's little 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 screen factory here? Zoe Kravitz will be playing Selena Kyle. Did you know she has a stepfather that's also a superhero? Zoe Kravitz being the daughter of Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz the musician but Lisa Bonet is divorced from Zoe Kravitz or Lenny Kravitz and remarried a certain superhero named Aquaman
1: All right yes Jason yeah. Momoa but Aquaman really Arthur Curry
0: so so I don't know how that's going to go over at family dinners when Catwoman comes over and Aquaman's there and that's that's you know
1: right and cats don't like the no, water no <laughs> So how are they going to have these underwater do, Thanksgiving? Cats dinners? do
0: like fish, so maybe that's how it is. The Aquaman just like brings a lot of fish.
1: Yeah, but no, Aquaman's friends with the fish. But, he's not going to let Catwoman oh, rip them up.
0: Don't he I need him.
1: I guess he's going to have to. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's the point. That's what they harvest. <laughs> so break it down for me. When we do Catwomen's, like I said, this was thought out because there's nine lives in a cat, right? And there's nine Catwomen, and they're all Batu which one, to sees the sexiest to you, Big K-Mac? So let's, let's let's break it down.
1: Let's go by, let's break it down. So I think in in the 66 verse, if I had to pick one out of the 66, even though she was only in the movie, I'd probably pick Lee Merriweather. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah. See, those three are like my wheelhouse. And I didn't know Lee Merriweather was not Julie Newmar in the movie. <laughs> until you know, i was a little more grown up it's like because they look so much light even though physically julie Newmar right. is like like a tall statuesque model she's like 5'10 long legs she, and like supposedly she took the part as catwoman because her brother's friends all watched it at college and she was watching she was like they were over at her house like from college and she got a call it's like hey we want you to come out to la to play bat uh catwoman and she's like what that sounds silly and, and her, she told her brother and they're like go go now that's all we watch <laughs> we, we we don't study we don't do anything when batman comes on go be catwoman
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and i you know it's close because i i think she's good too but i think i don't know lee Merryweather would do that perfect she would do a lot of that more than more than julie newmar would
0: julie newmar was just like wows to me and then earthquake was wows too and, and i liked earthquake because she was like like cat she was like actually a cat i think she might actually thought she was a cat
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's been a while i didn't get to watch any rewatch any of her episodes but i, I remember but watching like them purrs I and actually she actually
0: meows. like like that's her voice <laughs> she's just meowing yeah batman
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's right <laughs> i mean it's right.
0: it, it's amazing like we found an actual cat duplicate cat woman
1: <laughs> right well i mean and none of these three are probably going to be my favorite overall oh, cat woman anyway
0: I, I will say all three of them yeah Young, young, young Yak was like, Whoa, I want to be a superhero now because you got to hang out with Catwoman. <laughs> and, and and surprisingly, my dad would always watch those episodes with me too on rerun. He would, when he ever see a Catwoman show, he'd be like, Hey, what you watching? I was like, Oh, I'm watching the Batman show on the FX. And he'd be like, Which one is it? I was like, Oh, it's a Catwoman one. He goes, Oh, I'll, I'll stay and watch with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad, it's a Clock King one. Dad, dad where'd, where'd you go? go?
0: Uh, dad it's another <laughs> mr freeze episode <laughs> what is a Catwoman on no okay I, I don't need to watch this <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so 89 bat or not well burton versus batman michelle pfeiffer uh definitely over the uncredited stunt double
0: <laughs> that's a tough one <laughs> you haven't even seen her you haven't seen her work as Catwoman. <laughs> The the, That's true. The, the, the 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 three minutes of celluloid footage of her being catwoman it might blow your mind
1: <laughs> so i i really like michelle pfeiffer i did, the way she became catwoman was i don't know it was different like she fell off the she got pushed out the window fell through all of those awnings which strangely the building has so many awnings <laughs> yes Isn't that
0: right especially a, especially a high rise because you know high rises yeah. usually they don't they just get curtains inside. They don't, because no one can really fix the awnings when they go bad on a high rise, right?
1: Well, it's Gotham City.
0: You know. This is the mayorship under the zoning code that Mayor Christopher Walken put into place to have awnings on skyscrapers.
1: That's why Cobblepot needs to be mayor. Take all, all those, those awnings off. It's really probably so superheroes <laughs> can't swing through your window, climb up past your I'm, window.
0: I'm refilling my bottle with the black catwoman costume color beer that i'm drinking here that's amazing it's really smooth the coffee's not too heavy in it which i like i'm not a big coffee and beer guy every once in a while i like my coffee stand but this one new no, it's so good and i'm actually gonna finish this whole bottle <laughs> so oh. I, i'm gonna have to learn to get up again <laughs> just like catwoman did as michelle Pfeiffer
1: you'll find yourself out in the <laughs> snow tomorrow morning with cats licking <laughs> your face and scratching your face. And then next time on the podcast you'll have some weird like sewn together costume. And I'll be fine with that. Where did yeah. she
0: find the random pieces of latex to sew together?
1: <laughs> Probably in Max Shrek's <laughs> house. And she gets a
0: whip and she gets like high heels and somehow she becomes a superhero character, super villain. Yeah. When like she 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 can best Batman in a battle.
1: Yeah, like she, she really—it's almost like she was reawakened, part cat. Like you, and and I guess you really can't spend a whole movie fleshing her out. Like you know, Batman spent his whole life training, but you don't have time for Catwoman to spend her whole life training if she just became Catwoman and needs to be relevant. Of this course, movie. you're
0: also Michelle Pfeiffer, so yeah, you don't, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. like gold. <laughs> then we have Holly Berry as Catwoman in 2004. I've never seen that movie. It
0: is amazingly bad. Amazingly, but she gets Sharon Stone as the the villainous against Catwoman in that, which is amazing. This is the first one though that has Catwoman show Midriff, so that's interesting.
1: And it's not Selena Kyle. This is the first one. Yeah, it's it's some
0: other character's name and tied something. If I remember right, with the Egyptian gods or something, and so it's quite odd. But she's still a better Catwoman than the next lady. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the next lady on that list? I don't don't
1: think so. So the next lady is Anne Hathaway selena kyle jewel thief right which is no other catwoman is a jewel thief and catwoman is a thief correct but she's also never referred to as catwoman in this movie she
0: has cat ears
1: she does have cat ears and her cat burglar right Costume. the worst but i, I don't know
0: <laughs> she is the milk toast of catwoman absolutely nothing and i like anne hathaway don't get me wrong because there's no way that I'm not dating Anne Hathaway from the Princess Diaries, like immediately, like even before she goes to Princess, and they have, she has like all the curly hair, and you're like, oh, that girl's really hot, and like everybody's like, no, she's a nerd or whatever. You're like, no, that's Catwoman.
1: <laughs> but she's in high school. Though.
0: She, the actress, wasn't. Yeah, but, but I'm like, if I was high school, yeah, <laughs> in high school, Princess Diary Catwoman was available. Yeah. And I like Anne Hathaway, like I'm saying, but she is the milk toast, most boring Catwoman that adds nothing to the screen for me.
1: Okay, well, Blah. fair enough. So the, the scene- I, I thought her character had a couple of, okay. of, I don't know, pretty creative, like small arcs in that movie. Yes. So in the beginning, when she was hired to steal Bruce Wayne's fingerprints uh, off of his safe from Wayne Manor, and she took the pearls, and Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne discovers her In, you know, in that place she's not supposed to be in the house, Uh, she keeps on her maid act. But then when he recognizes the pearls, all of a sudden she straightens up and then her voice changes and everything changes. And she becomes, you know, like Catwoman then knocks out his cane, does a flip out the window, takes off the maid stuff and has a black dress on and slips away. And she had a plan with, I guess, the city like she then, I guess, kidnapped a city councilman as collateral for giving the fingerprints over to Bane's goons so when they called to get the extra fingerprint from her friend they used the councilman's phone so i thought she had a very intricate plan there but then she was still pretty much on the run the whole time i mean i wouldn't say she's my favorite catwoman but did i she didn't purr. necessarily dislike her
0: did know. she meow i don't think so not once on screen does her catwoman <laughs> purr or meow just
1: saying uh, i don't she doesn't, doesn't bring it
0: to doesn't right. bring it all
1: mm-hmm. right so so now the uh, on gotham like i i yeah. said in the last episode i only watched the first couple of episodes of gotham but i thought they did a great job casting the young yeah. actress who played the young cat woman and she had the goggles yeah. on i think i thought that was a really yeah, cool she, touch uh, the goggles hard
0: knock and they the, the whole series is training her to be a burglar a cat thief and that's that you know a cat burglar and that's it she, they do a really well that's her part in the underworld like she sets out to do that and in then in the last episode she becomes Catwoman with the full costume stealing a giant diamond all a Muppet movie and and getting away with it and and, nice. and, and there's, there's a scene where Batman's like return the diamond and she's like not on your life or something to that effect yeah right or something she's like no because <laughs> she's Catwoman but she does she also does not purr even though the the still better Catwoman than Anne Hathaway
1: the older actress who played her in the final episode, Lily Simmons is similar to the uncredited stunt double. Cause she's only, only there once and not really, you know,
0: both all better than Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then, and then I think honorable mention to the, the, the young Selena Kyle, because she's not Catwoman technically, just like Bane wasn't Bane in, in Gotham, well, really.
0: no, no, she is because she becomes Catwoman. We know she becomes Catwoman to fight, and and yeah, no, I'm we we I include her.
1: So we're we're gonna agree Anne Hathaway is our number. No, one you're Catwoman.
0: gonna agree that.
1: I'm not gonna agree that actually. No, I I would I would vote Michelle. You're Pfeiffer going Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: I'm just saying Anne Hathaway's at the bottom of my list.
1: <laughs> she's not at the bottom of my list, but she's it's unfortunate
0: for you. Meow. <laughs> I'm going. Triple bill sixty six, but I'm gonna put Julie Newmar, chief of peers, but I can't really vote because all three of them are amazing. I thought, I think they all they all bring yeah. it, and I love the costumes that they have for them. Then and and and, and the henchmen <laughs> are the best that she gets.
1: Yeah, they have cats. So they have like yes. Mickey Mouse ears, for cat ears. So they're great, and they wear like leopard print jackets. you get the
0: young protege named Kitty Cat. Oh, that's, can't right. that's right. What, what, what the young one is—that's disinterested in becoming a criminal until she gets her ways, because she like wants she wants yeah. a Robin oh. version of her own.
1: All right. So who's your number two?
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Julie Newmar. Then, then Eartha Kitt. They're they're close together. Eartha Kitt's Pern and Meow, and it just it's it's so entertaining. Yeah,
1: who's after your 66? Yeah, i, I oh. I'm, I'm gonna go.
0: Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, and then 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 Carmen Bukatova. Bukandova,
1: Bukandova, yeah. I mean, I'm I would I'm going Pfeiffer, then the '66, then probably I would, and I haven't seen enough of the Gotham to to put them in there. Although I did like the casting, like I said, but I would probably put Hathaway after that.
0: The coolest um, thing is though, you know, how they they took Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman in Gotham, and like that's what we want. We're gonna we're gonna skip over Anne Hathaway's terrible turns, to Catwoman, even though she's the most recent, because we realize Michelle Pfeiffer is a superior Catwoman to Anne Hathaway.
1: Well, and Anne Hathaway's Catwoman isn't comic booky either. And this is true.
0: She neither purrs nor meows.
1: Right, right. And Gotham's characters are more comic booky than the yeah. Nolanverse characters. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, so we. We've agreed that Anne Hathaway is third best. That's that's really good. All right. So you get to Anne Hathaway,
0: if you or your agent are listening, you're welcome to call in to comic books and cold ones and debate why you are the best Catwoman and try to convince Yak that you are really the real Catwoman.
1: Right. And we'll we'll talk about all the movies. And when we talk
0: to Shane West, we'll get his opinion also on that.
1: Yes. And bring (laughs) Bring your beer. beer. (laughs) Okay.
0: So we're on day 10. So me, 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 here we go. On the 10th day of Batmast, DC Cinematic gave to me 10 butlers a-buttonling, 9 Catwoman bat toosie 8 batmobiles a-losing, a wheel-losing, 7 regalia riddling, 6 robins a-holy-smoking, 5 green-head jokers, 4 sonaring batwings, 3 gotham penguins, 2 two-faces, and a bane in a breathing mask. Very good. So what was that last on the 10th day? What's the 10th day?
1: Ten butlers a butling, which is the normal lyric, is ten lords a leaping, which is perfect. And
0: who is the who is really the lord of Stanley Rand Manor? It is not Bruce Wayne; it's Alfred Pennyworth.
1: Lord Alfred Pennyworth. The Alfred character is great because obviously Bruce Wayne couldn't get things done if he didn't have his Alfred. What's
0: amazing is there have been ten actors that have played Alfred Pennyworth in live action. Alfred comes after after Robin in the actual comic book. He doesn't actually. Appear before Robin in the comic book universe. He's after him, yet he becomes more central to the Batman story that the most actors have portrayed him in different series. He's appeared in every Batman live action series. Yeah, he is. He is the central. He is the Watson to Holmes, if yeah. you will, or he's he's the foil. He's the person that we see the normal lens of life of Batman through.
1: Right, and he's, and the his character has definitely evolved over the years too from regular butler to something something more of like something almost more akin to batman himself
0: and that is partly driven by the live cinematic universe which i will drop on you here in a second so the first batman uh butler we get that is alfred pennyworth we get william awesome in the 43 series who is tall skinny and cowardly before in the comics alfred was a portly short man but after william awesome's turn in the actual serial movies, they changed him to be a tall, skinny Englishman. Nice. Based on the 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 warm reception of William Austin playing Alfred Pennyworth, even though he is a scaredy cat, and then in one ep- in one episode they actually he's listening to some radio show and, and and Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne sneak up after him coming from the Batcave and scare the bejesus out of him. <laughs> Well, Scare, the side. Scare the pennies out of Pennyworth. <laughs> they also make him dress up as Batman. <laughs> or um, they, no, no, they didn't dress up as Batman. He dressed up as somebody else. They, they, they send him undercover also. I can't remember if, he, if, if Austin does Batman, but he does go undercover. Just like Eric Wilton, who appeared in Batman and Robin serial in 49, goes undercover as Batman. No, he actually goes undercover as Batman. William Austin goes undercover as a radium miner.
1: <laughs> All for right, because they have the nuclear um, generator in there. No, that's, that's yes. pre Manhattan Project.
0: He's the one that knows the most about it, so they send him undercover, <laughs> even though he he's a scaredy cat.
1: <laughs>
0: and then in '66 we get the classic turn of the stately Alan Napier as uh, Alfred, uh, who is of them the first one I think that has white hair, the classic white hair and glasses, and always wearing uh, the full butler suit. And then in the Burton verse we get. Michael Gouin, who pretty much looks like Alan Napier as close as possible and kind of reprises that, that role. Then we get the, the, the all world, all century, all everything actor, Michael Caine. And oh, so in the Burton and Schumacher verse, it's the same actor through both of them. And then we get Michael Caine in the Nolan verse, you know, the, the amazing actor, Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine.
1: Oh, very good. That
0: everybody loves.
1: I like him. Michael Caine.
0: Michael Caine makes so many amazing movies. The best are Michael Caine's like sixties and seventies movies where he plays an English gangster. If you've never seen the original Get Carter, all you kids out there, go watch it. It's it's amazing.
1: And Michael Caine also in Inception. Yes, as is everyone in the Nolanverse.
0: The overture of Batman movie and in Inception, the cross thing. Anyone that appeared in Inception has to appear in Dark Knight Rises by Nolan Law. So. Yep. And then, then I, I the the best part about the Snyderverse, I think, because all of it is, I don't really care much for, especially Batflack. But I do like Jeremy Irons becoming becoming Alfred Pennyworth.
1: Yeah, I like I that too. But and that's kind of the beginning of the turn into the tough Alfred. You Jeremy yes. Irons. He's a tough sob, Jeremy Irons.
0: Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jeremy's Iron. The, the classic Simpsons quote when Lisa has to come up with an anagram for Jeremy Irons' name, and she says Jeremy's Iron. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in the the TV show Birds of Prey, we get Ian Abercrombie, who's a classic English character actor. You would know him from lots of things. He does he does a fine job in Birds of Prey in the one season, not not blow you away. And then we get the final the the initial super heavy heavyweight boxer. We get Sean. Perty, Pertwee in Gotham, where he is pretty much a punch you in the face uh, butler right. <laughs> from he, the get go. Yeah,
1: and he's pretty much training Bruce Wayne in this world, right?
0: Yeah, he's ex special forces um, guy, British special forces that, that teach teaches Bruce Wayne how to punch. Doesn't ninny around with the young Bruce Wayne on what he needs to do. Teaches him how to punch the bully in the face in like the first few episodes or whatever.
1: Right, just badass.
0: Yeah, which so much so I think while Gotham had its fans, I think people liked Sean Pertwee so much that they had to do the Pennyworth show on Epics, and that's starring Jack Banyan. I have yet to watch any of these episodes because I don't have Epics.
1: Yeah, same here. I don't have Epics, but I'd like to catch it because it's, I mean, it'd probably be interesting, and Alfred's an interesting character.
0: And I think way more interesting than the Gotham where they they kind of bootleg everything back retro, where it's not so much, you know, Batman's story or Bruce Wayne's story, they'll be really try to do it's really pretty much as Jim Gordon's story of Gotham.
1: Oh yeah, good point. But
0: Alfred Pennyworth is a more important character in that. And so yeah, much more interesting. I, I I do like that guy as Alfred. He's not my favorite Alfred, but he's a good Alfred. And then the future Batson verse we also get another famous English actor, Andy uh circus, uh character and actor that you will see in things, you know, if you watch any British TV shows or British movies.
1: Wasn't he in? Wasn't he in the Marvel universe, Andy Circus?
0: Yes, yeah, he plays Claw. Claw. Yeah. yeah, All right.
1: so you'll know him from Black Panther, Black Panther,
0: Black Panther, Ra, and Age Ultron.
1: And there's also apparently uh, Alfred in the Joker movie.
0: We don't recognize that.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, sorry.
0: That is the last one. Yeah, this, We do recognize this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is yes. the tenth one. Just to get to Douglas that. Hodge because he does play Alfred Pennyworth, and he is referred to as Alfred Pennyworth in the credits officially.
1: All right, and he's uh, yeah. I don't know who that is, so we'll, we'll yeah. skip that guy. But I'm sure he played. I'm sure he acts very well. Not nothing against him, and he can come I on. the
0: Douglas Hodge. I mean, he's probably a better penny worth than Anne Hathaway. He's a catwoman.
1: Well, he might be. He can come on the show too and argue with Anne Hathaway about that. <laughs> I didn't see the 43.
0: Oh, he, he's great. He's he's tall, lanky, balding on top, mustachioed.
1: Nice, nice. <laughs>
0: And he has, he has a scaredy cat, and I like that. And I do like the fact that he had inspired the comic book to change.
1: That's a huge deal, because that takes a lot. That doesn't, you know, the comic book writers don't often, like, take cues from the television and movie versions of yeah. the characters. What I did like about Eric Wilton's Alfred in 1949 is he had to run a lot of interference with Vicky Vale. Oh, right? yeah. That was his primary yeah. job. When Vicky Vale would call on the telephone and Bruce Wayne wasn't there, he would play a record. Right next to the phone of Bruce Wayne saying, um, I'm leaving town or I'm tired and going to take a nap. Bruce Wayne was always taking naps. They,
0: they play up in the 43 and the 49 that Bruce Wayne is a man of leisure who doesn't do anything but take naps and bet on sports or something and go to <laughs> – does nothing. Right. Can't, can't be cared. Play, but, so in 43 and 49, a playboy just took naps didn't gallivant around gambling and trying to sleep with women. He just took naps. That's what Playboy did in forty three, forty
1: nine, And wore a suit wherever he went. Yes. <laughs> and I mean Alan Napier, I think, is classic. I will,
0: I will say that Eric Wilton did play, did actually wear the Batman costume, which was amazing also. He oh, had, he did? Oh, cool. Yeah. It, it, he wears the Batman costume as a way to throw off Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. It's William Austin that did or no, 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 no. Eric Walton does it to throw the wizard off. He does, yeah.
1: Okay, the wizard was a pretty cool villain. I liked him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he throws throws off the wizard because they're like, it's got to be Bruce Wayne, and we've got him. And Batman can't show up, and well and behold, Batman shows up.
1: <laughs> got him. That's really what one of Alfred's main jobs to throw people off the scent yes. of Bruce Wayne's or Batman's true identity. Um, but yeah, Alan Napier is the. Classic Alfred. He, I, I'm pretty sure he wore the batsuit too. I was trying to find that episode, but I couldn't find it. He I think does. it's does. He
0: does in one episode. Yes,
1: I think I watched the second part of it, since all of those episodes were like two or three parters. And I think it's when they they were um, battling the Joker and the jo- This is when the Joker went through his artsy phase, which is similar to Tim Burton's Joker, who thought he was yes. an artist. So Joker ends up. After he's thwarted, he goes to Wayne Manor to steal some money so he can get out of town. Stately
0: Wayne Manor.
1: Stately Wayne Manor. and Alfred shows him where the safe is and then Alfred has a sword fight with the Joker and then gets Joker on the run. Joker accidentally finds the Bat Poles and slides down the bat poles, not knowing that they're the bat poles, because I guess they took the labels off for cleaning. I'm not sure. But as Joker's going down to the bat cave, Alfred opens up a switch on the wall, and it's the emergency up button. So he's just riding the Joker up and down on, on the bat poles. So I don't know if any other Alfred has defeated the Joker. This is true. So
0: Big yeah, up for so Alan Napier.
1: I think so, too. And and he did drive the Batmobile once, and he wore uh, like a Robin-type mask, <laughs> and he wears glasses on the outside of the mask good stuff because Robin doesn't have a driver's license and 66
0: does not yeah. then we, did Michael go in go and um the Burton Schmacher he probably just copies over what Alan Apears done but he's very stately doesn't always wear the the tuxedo but also is there for the Michael Keaton Batman especially on Christmas so we yeah. get to see him talk about Christmas and wish wish him Christmas and stuff happy yeah. Day Christmas and goes shopping
1: he's a pure butler yeah.
0: He's a, bu- he's a gentleman's gentleman. He's a lord's lord.
1: Right. And Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne particularly needs a butler because he's kind of absent-minded when he's not Batman, or at least he tries to give the appearance. But it really seems like he's absent-minded, and he makes lots of dinners for him. And Vicky, Vick. It Ville, might
0: just be Mike, Michael Keaton being absent-minded,
1: actually. It could be. It could be. It could be. So I haven't seen... What? Well, well, we're going to talk to Michael right. oh, Caine. Michael Caine. I'm sorry. Michael Caine. Michael Caine, another good butler, but pretty much a butler who has lots of good... Uh, metaphorical advice.
0: All right, I'm gonna go on I think Michael King's the best. Yeah. Because he's both the butler and he's also there to raise he you tell he raised the young Bruce Wayne. You know, he you know, after the, the parents get killed, he is there, the, the the man that actually stood as the parent, and you can you can tell that that he's he's not just there to be the, the, the guy that keeping the house up. He is there to do everything. He he is the guy that's running the nuclear engineering. Um, <laughs> the mad cave and That's everything true. and the nuclear engineering in Bruce Wayne's heart.
1: Yeah. Well, he, and yeah, he's definitely more emotional when it comes to Bruce Wayne. There's points in all the shows, all the movies. I mean, especially in the dark Knight rises where he's telling Bruce, like, I wish when you left for seven years, you never came back because the city has nothing for you. It only has pain. And he just keeps trying to stop him from being Batman. Um, so yeah, he really cares for him more like a parent than any other Alfred that we've oh, seen. Michael
0: Caine. Michael
1: Caine. I can't do that voice. That's a good voice. Michael Caine.
0: Not going to work for me. Why do we fall down? So we can learn to get back up.
1: Michael Kane everyone. <laughs> you may have convinced me there. I don't know.
0: All right. Like I said, we got rid of Douglas Hodges from Joker uh, we haven't seen the banyan and so ian ian amrcromby a great actor but no Bird Spray's out so you're Sean Pert, pertwee and jeremy irons what do you think
1: i like jeremy irons but i don't think he we really saw him enough to re, to for him to even play
0: exactly they wasted jeremy irons
1: yeah, yeah jeremy irons is a really good actor and you know I, I guess maybe he thought there was more coming but there's well, i
0: assume so they're going to make a batflank movie and he's like i'm in on this if you make a batflank movie cuz i love michael Caine. <laughs> he would have been like the new michael kane and i think he, they could have made him as a badass jeremy irons
1: so. right i think it could have been a good merge of the types of alfred's like the butler ring and the badass and the caring alfred all in one so
0: i'm making a prediction here on comic books and cold ones after andy circus's twirl as alfred Pennyworth in 10 years we at liam neeson
1: that makes sense that makes sense. And he's going to look the same because of the Lazarus pits.
0: Yes. <laughs> we get a Liam Neeson Pennyworth. That's my prediction. All right. You've heard my favorite. Who are you? Who are you, you? You going Alan Napier or are you going Michael Caine?
1: Uh, you may have convinced me. Are you going to jump
0: the sh- jump shark and go Michael Go? Because he, he's a pretty good butler.
1: He is a good butler. I mean, if we're just – so if we're rating as far as butlers go, maybe Michael I'll Go. But, but like, I think the butlering goes to Alan Napier too because – there's a, there's a nuclear reactor in that Batcave.
0: <laughs> then he has to dust regularly. I
1: know, I know. No, um, you know, I he, let's see. Michael Caine didn't defeat the Joker.
0: This is true. Never had to fight any uh, villains.
1: I don't know if I have picked any favorites from the Nolan verse yet. Have I? No, I haven't. So I'm going to go with Michael Kane because I really do like those Nolan. Wow,
0: it's it's a high five decision from Kay MacInyek.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I it was like a close that. call. I did I did like Alan Napier. And I do like the William Austin and the Eric Colton, you know, from the, surprisingly they might be the best parts of those, those <laughs> serials. All right. So that moves us on to the 11th day. And All this right. is where it came back as a sing
1: on the 11th day of Batman's DC cinematic gave to us 11 evil doers, eviling 10, butlers a butling nine Catwoman woman at Batusing. Mm. But- I'm close enough. Eight <laughs> Batmobiles, a wheel losing, seven Regalia Riddling, six Robins, a holy smoke, and five green-haired Jokers, four bat Batwings, three Gotham Penguins, two Two-Faces, and a Bane in a breathing mask. Hooray. Well done, mock, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh,
0: Michael Caine, I agree.
1: Michael Caine, M- Michael Kane, as a
0: When we got to 11, this is the hardest one of us all to choose because there's no real good 11. I ran through origin stories. They're not 11 origin stories. There are more than 11 suits, bat suits. There are not 11 theme songs that really work and fit 11 hit songs from the Bat Universe. So we're doing 11 evildoers, eviling. These are villains from either DC cinematic that have actually fought Batman on the screens who are actually actually in the DC continuity. So most of these guys are from the 66 verse uh, villains that we we saw in the 66 verse. Some are from the movies, but not as much. There's a lot of guys in Gotham that appear, but they never actually fight Batman that are actually in the DC continuity, but they never fight Batman, but these ones all fight Batman. And so I'm going to do the rundown here for you. We have Mr. Freeze, who is played by four different characters, four different actors, right, George yeah. Sanders, Otto Preminger, Eli Wallach, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Matt Hatter, who's played by David Wayne in the 66th first. There's Matt Hatter in the Gotham, but we don't recognize that because he didn't fight Batman. We have the awesome King Tut, played by Victor Buono, who gets retro-conned into the DC universe eventually. We have Bookworm, who's played by the amazing, amazing actor, Roddy McDowell, you know, I, I can't I think I do believe he did win some Oscars. We have Clock King played by Walter Czak. We have Egghead, who is also retroconed in, played by also an amazing actor that everybody recognizes, Vincent Price. We have False Face, played by Malky Throne. <laughs> and as mentioned, we have an appearance by the puzzler, who's actually really a Superman villain, but he becomes the puzzler because it couldn't get Frank Gorshin back to play the Joker, played by Maurice Evans. And then we have Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin, played by Uma Thurman. Scarecrow, played by the second man I want to be my, my my double ganger with, Cillian Murphy. And then finally, Ra's al Ghul, Liam Neeson, who is the future Alfred Pennyworth.
1: Yes, future Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, so we have a lot of villains. So now where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top with Mr. Freeze?
0: Amazingly, I think Mr. Freeze. All right, so we have the top four. We've already done the top four villains. Those are... Penguin, Riddler, Joker, and Catwoman is Mister Freeze number five.
1: You know he might be just because of all his appearances, um, and he is a pretty you know old school steady Batman villain. But I think it's probably Two Face. You
0: think Two Face?
1: Yeah, I think Two Face. Interesting.
0: Even though we've only had a we've only had a couple appearances by him compared yeah. to Mister Freeze.
1: Well, you're talking about cinematic or comic?
0: Just in the oh oh. Does Two Face take the fifth position, or does Mister Freeze? I think most people would say Two Face. But probably based on cinematic, I'm I'm starting to think Mr. Freeze might.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably Two-Face, then Bane, then Freeze, because Bane has kind of moved up into more of a, I guess, prominent role in Batman villainy recently. So what's
0: amazing about Mr. Freeze is he played by three amazing people. George Sanders is a great, great character actor. Eli Walk, also a great character. Otto Preminger, not so much an actor, but an amazing director. (laughs) He directed Anatomy of a Murder. And a few other great movies, like, like, you know, Academy Award nominated movies. (laughs) That's so amazing. And they got him, hey, you want to pretend like you're cold the whole time and with a freeze gun? (laughs) I'll do that.
1: Right. And you had mentioned, I think, in the last episode that, you know, they got, they tried to get really big stars to play the villains of the week on this show. And they did a really good job because a lot of these people, you know, that we'll talk about a little more, you know, they were famous in their own right without anything to do with these Batman villains they played. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's so interesting, yeah. Those those three guys and they, they couldn't get them all to come back. <laughs> Even though I think they're I think only one of them made a, a two-peat appearance because I think there's four four story arcs with Mr. Freeze.
1: It might have been Otto Preminger. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's like, I'm not directing a really good movie right now. <laughs>
1: <Or> it, might <laughs> have been famous, first, it might have been George Sanders. It might have been the first.
0: One. And then uh Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, the governor, plays them in maybe one of the most memorable turns as a villain in all comic book
1: <laughs> Infamous. <laughs>
0: Infamous. <laughs> then so you when, have... Hold on. Look, go,
1: so, go on. Mr. Freeze, in, in the 66 show, uh, it, it, for Mr. Freeze's first appearance, when Batman is meeting with Commissioner Gordon and, and Chief O'Malley, they talk about his origin and how Batman caused him to be the way he is. Because he was a oh, mad... Indeed. Yeah, he was a mad scientist working on some Freeze formula and while Batman was battling them in their lab, the formula fell on him and he has to keep his body at minus 50 degrees permanently.
0: In, in every version, Mr. Freeze is kind of the anti villain where he's not bad to be bad. He is bad for a reason because somebody forced him to actually do this and his wife's frozen. He's yeah. trying to find a way to get the money to unfreeze her.
1: Yeah. And so one thing Batman and Robin do when they fight him is they put antifreeze on their uniforms mm-hmm. and then they <laughs> rub the extra on their skin. don't do that at home
0: (laughs) well antifreeze supposedly is very very sweet tasting that's reason dogs love to lick it do not drink antifreeze do not put it on your skin this is a safety announcement meant from comic books and cold ones
1: correct the more you know
0: (laughs) know. (laughs) knowing's half the battle that's what i was thinking (laughs) and then manhatter of course plays the jarvis tetch character uh by david wayne and he is the one that can wear multiple hats and become different things right in the in the 66 he's not is he he's or is he purely the the lewis and carol alice in wonderland
1: no he he's just a a dude with a hat and the top of the hat pops up and two like eyeballs come out and shoot lasers or or like uh hypnotic rays at you not really that impressive. Um, he looks, in the 66 show, he looks a lot like Clock King, but he's wearing a hat.
0: And then I'll skip over to go to Bookworm now because there's a little little tidbit that I read on the Wikipedia about Bookworm, played by Roddy McDowell, who goes on to lots of, lots of famous acting things that you guys can follow up on your own. The Roddy McDowell, very famous. But Bookworm is revealed to be, in the series, Mad Hatter's brother.
1: Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. He has a cool hat too. His entire costume is made out of book leather. It's a suit made out of book leather,
0: and he has a big worm coming from his hat, right? Yeah,
1: and he has the bookmobile, which is a van with like a a library den inside the back of it. But but every book in it, like one book has gas that comes out makes you go to sleep. The other book has a radio where you can radio the bass. So it's a pretty. It's kind of like the Bat Cave on wheels.
0: Isn't that kind of the worst? Because when you move a friend. Like you, you help your friend move. You know, you, the the first, the worst thing to move is a couch. The second worst thing, of course, are always the boxes of books because they
1: weigh a ton. They weigh a ton, and you know that no one's going to read those books again, or no, ha- no. has read them, or will read them.
0: They're going to collect dust. And they are just, go- and they're going to sit on a bookshelf. And you're going to be like, "Why did we move this?" <laughs> so I don't understand how he can be an active villain, but I, I do like that episode. I remember it. <laughs> Especially with Roddy McDowell playing him. so
1: Yeah, Cornelius. Yes. <laughs> okay, so King Tut next. Great villain. I love King Tut. The the best. Yes. <laughs> so he's a Yale professor. When he hits his head, he thinks he's King Tut and that Gotham is his kingdom.
0: <laughs> he's an Egyptology professor at yeah. Yale who gets clocked in the head by some rabble-rousing protesters.
1: <laughs> and his crew is great. They all wear like ancient Egyptian garb, and his the the woman that was with him at least in his first run on the show was Cleopatra. Yes, she worked for. She was actually a plant. She was commissioner planted as Commissioner Gordon's secretary, also, which is like a huge like that's a lot of planning. Considering you don't always think you're King Tut, like it just happens one day and you're there, and then you have to devise this plan and get a plant in the commissioner's office. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, and the fact that he's Able to seduce her wearing his full King Tug outfit. <laughs> Victor, yeah. the best part about Victor Borno is he, he's he's he was a character actor. He like if you read things online about him, he never really got his, his just dues for how good of an actor he is. But he's he's so much famous for just this role as King Tug and how much he hams it up and stuff. But he he is not what you would consider a, a, a villain body type to be. <laughs> <But> you, <laughs>
1: No, and he, his King Tut cries all the time, too. Yes. Time he cries, real tears, yeah. real tears. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a good actor. I know, no,
0: he, Victor Buono brings it. I mean, yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's one of those sad things that he never got to do more than just be King Tut, but he'll forever live on as King Tut because of it. So much so that they retroconned him into the DC universe because of his, Victor Bono's work, I
1: think. Nice. I heard he, I read he was also a really good chef. Oh,
0: the, judging by his waistline, I would agree.
1: <laughs> Makes sense,
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Who's next? Clock King. Clock King is played by Walter Slezak. He likes clocks with cameras in them, and he has spectacular eyebrows. They're dark, (laughs) and they point almost straight up. Yeah. And he one time got one of his clocks into Wayne Manor, pointed the bat poles, like where the bat poles would open up, but he he retrieved his clock before he was able to... And it it wasn't there to try to find out who Batman was, but if he had left it there long enough, he would have found out.
0: Little fact. So the previous guy we discovered King Tut, he is one of two villains in 66 that figures out Bruce Wayne's Batman, but he forgets it because he gets clonked in the head twice to forget it.
1: <laughs>
0: Clock King is not successful at doing it, but the next
1: guy is. Oh really? Yes. So I guess we're going to say that Egghead found out. Yes.
0: Twice, I believe. Wow. If I remember right, yeah. And I can't remember why he forgets. Played by the amazing Vincent Price, you wow. know, all world horror actor, everybody thing. My favorite part about the egghead H- H- character is his two henchmen are in one episode Benedict
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Fu Young.
1: Oh, nice! <laughs> and then in one episode too, he has uh, he, they all have their women henchmen, but then there's someone who's dressed up like in full Native American Indian garb too. And
0: yeah, like, that's um something. Chicken screaming.
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's terrible.
0: <laughs> I believe that's the name of the name of the henchman's chicken screaming. <laughs> Jeez,
1: Vincent Price, great actor though. There's. Yeah. Oh, did oh, did oh, you the watch? Best. Did you watch any of those episodes?
0: Oh, I watched them all. Yeah, I, I haven't watched them recently, but yeah, I've watched them all. And he frequently teams up with um, is Olga Queen of the Cossacks.
1: Maybe I, I think. Yeah, he did team up with someone. I remember, but twice. there's
0: I believe, or at least once or twice, Olga Queen of the Cossacks that he's trying to. Trying to fall in love because, because, of course, the Russians have the Fabergé eggs.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: But he has all the the wonderful, mysterious eggs. He has egg oil in one of them to, to get things out.
1: He has laughing gas eggs and he has yes. acid eggs. He has all of them. There's one episode where at the end they're at like old McDonald's egg farm and they have an egg fight and there, and he gets, he gets Robin and he smashes eggs on his head. And Robin's like, Batman help, Batman help. And then they smash eggs on Egghead. head. It was really funny. And that was, that might've been the last one he was in. Maybe not now. Cause I think the team ups were later.
0: And so there is, Vincent Price does come out with an egg decorating kit. Nice. That is a real thing. And it's also, mentioned in the simpsons as as an activity i believe marge and lisa actually do and i believe it is based on the fact that he played egghead (laughs) and they have like a record they listen to vince's price voice and telling him how to decorate eggs that's funny amazing
1: all right and then the puzzler
0: yeah the one-off that they couldn't get frank gorshin to come back as riddler so they just changed everything in the tv show to be the puzzler instead of the riddler And the puzzler is actually a villain, is a Superman villain that does puzzles that are maniacal and actually involve people dying. (laughs) Very terrible, terrible, terrible villain, according to the who's who that I read.
1: Uh, Yeah. And so the actor that plays him is Maurice Evans, who's actually part of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Oh, and so we, we were talking about Roddy McDowell before and how he's been in a lot of movies. Well, Maurice Evans played Dr. Zaius in Planet of the Apes. Dr.
0: Zaius, Dr. Zaius. That Dr. Zaius. Dr. Zaius, Dr. Zaius, And of course, Roddy McDowell played... Cornelius. Cornelius. Yeah. Double, double Planet of the Apes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Batman and the Planet of the Apes. I, I, there's probably a comic book about that somewhere.
0: DC does a lot of crossovers with other franchises.
1: So yeah. 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 All right. So the, the puzzler is pretty forgettable though, except for the yeah. fact that he played Dr. Zayas also.
0: Then we have Poison Ivy, of course, and, and the Batman and Robin movie played by Uma Thurman. And as far as I can tell, they just wanted the hot actress at the time. And they got Uma Thurman. And I don't know why she was the hot actress at the time. I, I think it was because of Pulp Fiction, as far as I can tell. And they're just like, we need somebody to play Poison Ivy. I, I don't mind Uma Thurman as an actress, but she just really doesn't pull off Poison Ivy to me.
1: Well, I don't think anyone in that movie really pulls off anything, and I don't think
0: Schwarzenegger pulls off amazing Doctor Freeze, Mister Freeze. Yeah, I both think Mister Freeze. I think I think I believe he's a Mister. I believe he's a Freeze. I believe he's cold. It's it's Shakespearean, amazing. Uh He should uh be in the Royal Shakespearean Company because of that turn (laughs) as Mister Freeze. Yeah, well, I think that was his whole campaign platform to become the governor of California. Have you seen the? in Batman and Robin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will make another one if you don't vote for
0: me. <laughs> you, you vote for me. <laughs> I feel the pump. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. All right. So we have Scarecrow in the verse and Batman Begins played by Cillian Murphy.
0: Amazing. So a so, little aside, Cillian Murphy, also big actor, 28 Days Later, Red Eye, lots of TV show. Um, Amazing in the first three seasons of... Um, the Peaky Blinders, the Peaky Blinders kind of go downhill. Yex, number one person he wants to change body. Number two person he wants to change bodies with.
1: Yeah, and also Inception.
0: Yes, Inception. Okay. <laughs> so
1: who's the number one?
0: Oh, number one. Actually, also a comic book guy now. Matt Bomber from the TV show White Collar. He now plays Negative Man on Doom Patrol. But if I could look like anyone in the world, I wish I would look like that guy. Nobody has never said no to Bat Bomber on anything. <laughs> also was in Magic Mike as one of the dancer guys. But Cillian Murphy, I don't think any, no one's ever said no to Cillian Murphy also, but maybe 95% of the time he gets gets a yes. Yeah. Is, no one ever says no to Bat Bomber. That guy is just <laughs> you are looking at me like uh, uh, it sounds like a cool dude. Yeah.
1: So here's the here things you know about Cillian he's Murphy. He's negative man.
0: <laughs> and, he, and you don't even see him as negative man because he's wearing bandages.
1: <laughs> but so, Cillian
0: Murphy does an amazing scarecrow.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like him too, a scarecrow. And here are some other good things about Cillian Murphy. Number one, awesome name. Cillian Murphy, very cool name. Um, he has very cool hair, too. So I understand why he's number two for you. Yes. And number three for you is Mike Myers, right?
0: Yes. Well, well <laughs> it's not number three ever, that already exists. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have to try on that one. So if if you ever wonder what Came uh, Yek looks like, just, just Google any 30 um, year old. Um, mike myers pictures <laughs> but with bigger guns with bigger yeah. guns
1: dr evil but we
0: both agree gun. we both agree. We look like matt bomber
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes and so in <laughs> case that, in case that broke up dr evil with big guns yes, that is exactly. <laughs> and hair hair too he does he's not bald yes.
0: <laughs> i still have that <laughs> yes
1: and then so finally we'll have we'll have uh
0: the 11th villain is rajangu played by liam neeson
1: yes he has a special set of skills. Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't how
0: much? Did, what better would have been if 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 that movie had come out? The movie came out after, right? Um, taken, right? Did Taken come before?
1: I think came. I, mean, I think came after.
0: Yeah. So, how much better would rachel Goldman of a certain set of skills, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> built up over a lifetime of leaving the League of Shadows? <laughs> oh. All you have to do is return the city to me. (laughs) No harm will be done. (laughs) Probably one of the best monologues ever in movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Way
0: better than anything Shakespeare ever wrote.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who?
0: (laughs) But Raj Al Ghul also has amazing, amazing, amazing uh, monologues.
1: Yes. And if you want to know more about him, listen to our Comications episode, the second episode where we talk about Nanda Parbat, which was retconned to uh, Ras Al Ghul. Headquarters, right? Yes,
0: especially on the Arrowverse. Big, in the Arrowverse, Raja rules over and on the All
1: right. So for me, with these guys, it's going between King Tut and Scarecrow, which is like complete diametric opposites. Yeah, King Tut was just so unique in his villainy, but yeah. they, they did a, such a good job portraying Scarecrow on the big screen like that. And, and I know, you know, the Nolan verse, uh, real life Batman, but they, I, I thought what they did with him was really cool. How he was in charge of Arkham and he was using his, uh, his scare. What is it called? The scare dust or whatever to
0: the, the fear gas,
1: fear gas. Yeah. The fear gas to keep everyone in line at Arkham. And, and it was neat how Batman, you know, the, like the visuals associated with his fear gas were really cool in that movie. I'm
0: going to make it easy for you. Cause I'm going to go King Tut and egghead. So I think we're both having King Tutter, and let's make King Tut it, Victor Borno because Vincent Price is amazing. I remember as a kid even being like, this egghead is such a silly villain, but you want to watch him because it's Vincent Price.
1: Yeah, yeah, the acting is great.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's just so interesting. He like, my dad would become, oh, it's an Egghead episode. I don't want to watch it. But I'm like, you don't want to Egghead. <laughs> Call me when it's Catwoman. <laughs> no, Egghead's amazing. And he's got his lady, that's his Russian bride, Olga the Coss- Cossacks. <laughs> he's always there for the eggs. But no, King Tut, the, Victor borno does such a job as that actor, that character and everything there's a reason he has to be coming in the real comic world, you know, the, the actual—that's real, the fake comic world, the written comic is, world, yeah, the written comic world that is there because he, he he makes that character villainous and interesting to watch. Like you're intrigued by him because yeah, he's a normal guy that thinks he's King Tut,
1: right? And it's super creative too. It's a really and, and
0: he thinks he thinks Gotham is Thebes and he wants to recreate it as ancient Thebes,
1: <laughs> and his outfits. <laughs> Is- he's,
0: a, it's, he's a great chef I kind of want to hang out with King Tut Yeah So for the final round This is my whole go through But I think we're going to do a, a sing-along here Where I do one day, you do the next day So because we're, we're on the 12th day here guys Let me let me take a sip of my, my fine Kentucky Christmas morning beer Because I'm about to sing the 12th day of Batmiss That you've all been longing to hear And the one we're going to talk about a little bit here it's a sing-along, so if you're at home, sing along with us. Yes. On the twelfth day, of bat Miss DC Cinematic gave to me. Twelve bats a battering.
1: Eleven evil doers eviling. Ten
0: butlers a budding.
1: Nine Catwoman a bat to sing.
0: Eight Batmobiles a wheel losing.
1: Seven regalia riddling.
0: Six robins a holy smoking.
1: Five, five green hat
0: jokers. jokers. Four ring bat rings.
1: Three penguins.
0: Two, two faces.
1: Turned and a turn a turn a breather. Breather.
0: That's it, guys. Great. So we're on the twelfth. We're on the twelfth day.
1: All right, good night, everybody. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll bring it down. Twelve bats battering. In place of, of course, twelve drummers drumming, because draw bats don't drum, they battering right. and that means we're going to count down everybody that has played batman to be or batman on live action and i'm gonna run down them really quickly here we have lewis wilson in the 43 serial Robert lowry in the 49 batman and Robin serial the classic adam west in the batman tv show and batman 66 movie michael keaton in 1989 and 1992, Burton verse, Val Kettler in Batman Forever, George Clooney and The Terrible Batman and Robin, Christian Bale in the Nolan verse, Bat Flack, of course, in the Schneider verse, David Mazuz in Gotham as the young Bruce Wayne to be Batman, Mikhail Murdick in Gotham in the final episode. Because they chose like who could have the worst names to say for me
1: <laughs>
0: to be on Gotham
1: and Michael and
0: a first place Batman in everyone's heart. Kevin Conroy actually getting to do a turn as a live action Batman, famous for being the the animation world Batman, but in the Arrowverse in the Crisis Infinite Earth gets to play the Bruce Wayne, former Batman in a exoskeleton uh, in the Crisis Infinite Earths. Uh, Ian Glenn, you know him as Sir Jorah Mormont from a a TV show that some people watch called Game of Thrones. But in Titans, he plays the retired Batman, Bruce Wayne, that uh, appears to Dick Grayson, who's leading the Titans. Oh, cool. And, And eventually we will get robert patson in the pat batson universe that we are talking about but those are officially the reason we could do this right now we have 12 live action
1: batmans
0: (laughs) you've been waiting for it
1: so the the first group we have in the in the serial and the 66 universes they shouldn't be called
0: serial verse more they should be the brawler verse because these boys bring it
1: So uh my my daughter would affectionately refer to these Batmen as the dad bod Batmen. They, they all got their dad bod showing.
0: Amazingly, Lewis Wilson kind of skinnier compared to Robert Lowry. Robert Lowry, full on beer belly wearing <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that outfit. Lewis Wilson, a little skinnier, but but ready to bring it, both of them with their swingings. <laughs> but of these two, Lewis Wilson was defining the character, I will say. He does an okay job. He gets the Fist of Fury going. Like when I say Fist of Fury he's jumping he's punching like like windmill punching but really Robert Lowry takes it to the next level because he has an amazing scene that K-Mac and I have talked about multiple times already yes. where two hoodlums are running around a hallway and they around the corner they run into Batman and he takes both of them by the collar sleeves and does a double head double head crack right he
1: jumps up in the air while he has them by their shirt collars and smashes their heads together double smash
0: yes. <laughs> which which we were trying to get a gif of. It is the most amazing move ever. It is the closest that we can get to to like seventies Batman doing the double head scissor kick in yeah. live action. <laughs> yeah. Smashes them.
1: And, and now Adam West too. He does something like double head scissor kicks, but he's always swinging from something.
0: Yes. <laughs> also an amazing brawler, Adam West. So, so yeah. I will say Robert Larry probably he actually looks like he has training. In both the serial verses, you realize back in Hollywood, they didn't have a thing called stunt choreography or fight choreography back in right. the day. It's just like, go at it, kids. <laughs>
1: just just right. swing lot, away. There's a lot of like rolling over backs <laughs> and, and like crawling between legs and yeah, just picking up whatever you can to smash. Just, just 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 swing because there's a lot of guys hitting the ground
0: and then forgetting about the guys sitting the ground and like double teams triple teams going on with fighting them <laughs> like luckily little rob's there but it's amazing watch the serials guys because yeah the fights are just 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 out of this world amazing but that brings us to adam west who classic batman you know also dad bod but yeah the the, the first one that is you know the the two previous actually use a bat cave or whatever but the first one that's like kind of a, a literate scientific mind. That's truly, truly the Batman.
1: Right. And yeah, he knows just about everything. He has a utility belt that has like everything you can think of, like, like pills to combat almost every single kind of gas or other pill or, um, or whatever one time. So in a King Tut episode, King Tut made this, potion out of scarabs that would control people's minds. And for some reason, I think Batman drank like six glasses of buttermilk before he went to face <laughs> King Tut and that counteracted the poison. It was something like that. But,
0: lines of stomach. Yeah. If it, I remember lines of stomach, but I woke up. Yeah. Lewis Wilson never uses a utility belt. Robert Lowry does use the utility belt. He twice, he carries breathing apparatuses that look like vaping tubes. <laughs> so they vape. vape like 49. They're vaping, but he also in one episode where they get locked in a room And they start, the villains, uh, the wizards start releasing carbon dioxide into the room to kill them.
1: Not carbon dioxide.
0: Yeah, I know, not carbon dioxide. Because, you know, there's nothing like carbon dioxide and we're
1: inhaling now.
0: (laughs) But he pulls out a full acetylene torch from his belt.
1: Oh, I remember that one. (laughs) That's impressive.
0: With tube and all. I don't know where the fuel source is actually coming, but he has it in it.
1: Yeah, and so 66 Batman has a laser in his belt. Oh, and so at another time when this is in the same King Tut caper, King Tut kidnapped Robin. Well, it was it, King Tut had Robin, but Batman tracked him with his Bat Geiger counter because he placed some radioactive material in Robin's belt. <laughs>
0: well, Robin's never going to have kids anyway.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> Robin, why are you growing that third arm? I don't know.
0: You sure, sure needed an extra ear sure sure needed to be sterile
1: yeah, robin became dr manhattan
0: now riddle me this mm-hmm. did batman 66 ever use batarangs i don't know i can't remember
1: he he used them as part of his bat grappling hook i don't know if he ever heard okay. them as batarangs but every time he would throw one he would say robin get back and robin would be like Okay, really get back because dangerous stuff. It is
0: a battering on into the grappling hook thing that he throws up. Yeah, and do the, the the famous wall climbs. Yes, when they do the wall climb in '66, every once in a while, those are famous people also.
1: Yeah, like Jerry Lewis, Sammy Davis yeah. Jr., the Green Hornet, and Kato were in one of them. I watched.
0: Yeah, and they played the Green Hornet and Kato do two episodes. You they know, crossover. multiple crossovers. Yeah, but they they're there. A little man by the name of Santa Claus.
1: That's right. Ho ho ho. <laughs>
0: But I, I always like that part. Yeah. And then yeah, so after all the Adam West amazing, we get to Michael Keaton, who was panned to be Batman. Like everybody was like, why did you choose Michael Keaton? This makes no sense. Mr. Mom's gonna be Batman.
1: Beetlejuice and a Batman. Eatle juice is
0: gonna be Batman.
1: But he and he played a much darker version of Batman uh than the previous incarnations, for sure. What's
0: amazing is he plays he plays the darker batman but he's the lighter bruce wayne the best part about michael keaton is you realize the person bruce wayne isn't bruce wayne he's batman he's pretending to be bruce wayne
1: yeah yeah and bruce wayne is like clark kent and yes. at least in the first Bert, first two burton movies he's a bumbling clumsy but yeah he's not comfortable as as bruce wayne he's comfortable yeah. as batman
0: whereas superman wants to be clark kent that because his parents you know that's who he is and he he realizes he has his power and he had to be and i know there's that whole tarantino thing where he's like pretending to be human or whatever no but no he in his heart he's clark he's clark kent you know he just has these power whereas bruce wayne bruce wayne died when his parents died according to michael keaton as far as i can tell But he's he he was he's always the batman
1: yeah but bruce wayne is his disguise yes yeah I agree. And
0: more so, more so than I think Clark Kent being Superman's disguise. Right. Cuz right. I don't I don't buy into that alternate thing cuz cuz yeah, no. The the Kent's to Kent's raised Superman to be Superman and 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 you watch it, but I no one raised Bruce Wayne other than Alfred, you know. Yeah. And, and the rage built and, and Michael Keaton I actually gets that, you know. Cuz yeah. you yeah, you don't you don't the, the Bruce Wayne is it's such an odd he He's fumbling, stumbling, and he's like, I oh, don't I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Right, yeah. He's very he's not very comfortable in in his Bruce Wayne life for sure. Yeah. Regardless of what what's going on. It's similar to well, kind of similar to Christian Bale in a way, but yes. skipping ahead a little bit.
0: Because we we had to pass over the two. Yeah. Who were great actors, Val Kilmer and George Clooney just being blah. Right.
1: Well, they took the paycheck, and
0: that's fine. Yeah, you beat me to it. cha ching ching
1: to get paid. <laughs>
0: cha-cha-ching. George Clooney and Val Kilmer, if you ever want to come on this show and tell us how bad you think Anne Hathaway played Catwoman, please do.
1: With that paycheck, you can buy the beer.
0: You, 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 you Yeah, send us beer.
1: <laughs> don't, you don't have to come on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: unfortunately, uh, George Clooney went on to do nothing else after that It was a ter- <laughs> terrible career decision for him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and Val Kilmer kind of ended his career with that movie because before that he had Doc Holliday and he had uh, Jim Morrison, which were two really... Well, he
0: still he went on to do... He did that movie with the heist movie. Saint. We, we did The Saint, which was also supposed to be a superhero movie. Elizabeth Shue is okay, but he's playing much more. But he did the the movie... He did heat and it wasn't it wasn't after this movie? I can't, yeah, he was after this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think so, but this is the only movie that matters for Fat yeah. Alright, <laughs> but they only played Batman in one movie. Everyone else has had, had a much longer tenure as Batman. So
0: not technically. Christian Bale, yes. Probably number two famous Batman right now after Michael Keaton. For the people that don't know Adam West, the younger ones, he's probably the, the kid's Batman is Christian Bale. I think he's better as Bruce Wayne than Batman because he's I'm Batman. He's got that grumbly voice the whole time.
1: Yeah, his Batman voice wasn't great. Um, But what his Batman did was really cool. He had a lot of... He's
0: less memorable in the movies for being Batman than just when he's just not talking. He's better not talking Batman than when he's talking Batman.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that.
0: (laughs) Which is weird. I'm I'm Batman. I'm Batman. It's the only thing he has to say. Everything else is terrible. You know? yeah. but it's terrible. It's, it's not as interesting as him moving and being Batman and the Force of Justice or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I Christian agree.
0: Bale is known as the the cult actors. Cult actors. For people who know he's, he's he, newsies. Mm-hmm. Empire of the Sun, American Psycho,
1: right? American Hustle.
0: American Hustle. I mean, no, like he's like an actor's actor. So but like like these young the, the, the movies he did as a kid, even are you you know elevated him to like be an actor's actor that he could have won awards for. And then he's doing this iconic role where he's so much better when he doesn't speak.
1: In my opinion. Yeah, it's that that is a little weird, but he, he is definitely a good Bruce he's Wayne. He's good
0: as Bruce Wayne. He when, when he's speaking as Bruce Wayne, because when he's like I'm Bruce Wayne Batman, when he's interacting with Michael Caine that's great. But it's when he has actually wear the cowl and he's, he's speaking.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So so the the action sequences with him as Batman are really good, but the dialogue yes. is not good, not good. And he's also going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder.
0: What? Is, who is he playing?
1: Gore the God Butcher. Interesting. I saw
0: the I saw something about that, but I didn't know who is, who is he going to have to play. So there's there's the Christian Bale. Did I just delete that? So we're looking at our, our, our thing here on the screen. <laughs> I deleted deleted whole thing where <laughs> we got rid of Christian Bale in Valkyrie. <laughs> what what? back up the, the, the one we're missing is Batflack, of course. Oh, ben Affleck.
1: Yeah. So so, yeah. so he didn't get to play Batman for very long either. That one scene
0: <laughs> he was so bad at it.
1: I don't I don't know if he was bad at it necessarily. He, well, he might be the worst. I don't know. He's
0: he's worse than Anna Hathaway's Catwoman,
1: in my opinion. Wow! So the one scene where he went <laughs> to rescue, <laughs> lay it on me. <laughs> so the one scene where he went to rescue, uh, Martha Kent, right from from Lex Luthor's goons. I thought that was a very well done action sequence.
0: That's a great. That's a Batman action sequence. I
1: really liked how they did that.
0: That was amazing. Where he where he has to. You think it's really a man in like a s- superhero suit that can do this. That's like.
1: And he was the, he's the only one to play an older version of Bruce Wayne, too, at least as far who isn't still an active Batman. Now, he, he wasn't my favorite either. So we don't have to argue about that. But I, I didn't think he was terrible.
0: At no, point, at no point do I look at that screen and say, that's Batman. I, that's just, I was like, that's boring, man. And he has the worst line ever in any
1: movie involving Batman.
0: Martha, that's my mother's name too.
1: Right. That was kind of a silly reason. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so. That is terrible. Right. You you know, all the people in those movies are disadvantaged by the movies that they're in.
0: He's not the worst Batman, though. Yeah, I will give, I'll, I'll give you this. Because <laughs> then we roll on to the worst Batman. And I hate it because I'm going to shame a child.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: David Moose, who's as a young Bruce Wayne. And, and the reason he's terrible. It's not because the kid's terrible. It's not because he's terrible. It's just that the character act. No, they needed to not have Bruce Wayne in Gotham. It just the series. You don't need to see Bruce Wayne grow up. He's already got his destiny from his parents being murdered. He don't need to see him as a sniveling little kid, who who who, who ransacks and tr- runs with hoodlums and do no, or always at at risk. No, he he needs to be seen as the sheltered kid that, that 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 that's brooding. They don't need to show him ever. And I don't know why they put him in Gotham and ruined the whole character. To me, it's the equivalent of when you see Boba Fett in the second prequel. As a sniveling, whiny little kid, it's no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like seeing Anakin as a sniveling, whining little kid. Not, not, not as bad. Not as bad because you. Let me rephrase that. Not, not the young child Anakin, but also the second movie Anakin as that sniveling, whining kid. I'm not.
0: I'm not as worried as much as but. Freaking Boba Fett is a hard man, just like Batman is a hard man. You don't, and you already know why he's hard. You don't need to ever see. He's never been sniveling. He takes your porridge. He doesn't. He doesn't let you take your his porridge. <laughs> that's that's Boba Fett. That's Batman. Mm-hmm. And at no point w- w- after Batman's parents got killed was he not hardened. Then then he instantly like formed and, and fell through the fell through the cracks of the thing. Yeah, no, he's never the sniveling little kid. No, sorry, David Mazouz, you're a kid shamer. <laughs> I, I, sh- I shame kid actors. <laughs> All right. Because it just lets you, let you know, Ben Affleck, you're better Batman than David Mazouzis.
1: <laughs> you told him.
0: Take that home and bank it with your Oscar with Agro. Yeah.
1: So, and Kevin Conroy played, uh, like you said, it, the aged Bruce Wayne.
0: Well, we skipped over Mikhail Mudrick, who appears in one episode, and you actually never see, you only see him once, really, as Batman. So, still a better Batman than David Mazuzas and Ben Affleck.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't see that one performance. so
0: But not better than Christian Beale. All
1: right. Kevin Conroy, voice of animated Batman for decades. Super awesome. Plays aged Bruce Wayne in the uh, CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths. And he essentially plays like, a variation on the Kingdom Come Batman, where Bruce Wayne is essentially in like a, a, like a Body suit of sorts because he's an exoskeleton because he's taken such a beating over the years that his body doesn't really work very well anymore.
0: Well, there's a man that put him in an exoskeleton. Who is that man that put him in an exoskeleton?
1: Oh, was it Superman?
0: Superman. When he killed him.
1: Uh, oh, did he say that in the crisis? Yes. Okay. Nice.
0: He has his wall of trophies, not in the cave, but above because now everybody knows who he is. And he has broken Clark Kent glasses of blood on him and like, is that Clark Kent's glasses? And he's like, Yeah, he got him when he killed him, and then he's downstairs. He's like, what happened to you? He's like, who do you think put me in this exoskeleton?
1: They had the kryptonite kryptonite brass knuckles, baby.
0: Kevin Conroy, amazing, amazing in the animated verse. He still has the voice that you hear, but it's not quite the same in live action. He still brings the heaviest Batman a little bit, I think. Even as the evil Batman, because he talks about the killing and how the killing can because he's a
1: hard man. (laughs) Definitely honorable mention here.
0: Never soft, <laughs> never sniveling. Hardened from a child because his parents were gunned down outside of a Robin Hood movie or Zora movie. Sorry, Zora movie.
1: <laughs> and so, and yeah, from that moment, that's when he like starts his training to become Batman. Yes. <laughs>
0: and then finally, we get Sir Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones, it's Ian Glenn playing Bruce Wayne, retired Batman in Titans. And I did watch the one episode, and he plays an interesting. Batman, I only watched the one, he appears in five episodes, but he's an imagination of uh, D- Dick Grayson, the show, and like telling him what to do. But he's a sarcastic, snide Batman, which is interesting. But the best part is they're at like a burlesque club, and like Dick Grayson's imagining Batman along with him. And he appears on the stage with the two burlesque dancers, and he does the bat see.
1: Oh, sweet. <laughs>
0: You're gonna see Jer- Sir Jerome Marmont do the bat to see with two boobies hanging out on both sides because they show nudity on Titans. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing though that, that that he's like but he he's he's condescending and, and sarcastic, which is interesting. You wouldn't that's never a characteristic you hear Batman. He's he's curt and short. Right. And to the point, but he's never he's never like <laughs> <laughs> yeah what you think wonder boy <laughs> that's basically what, boy wonder
1: <laughs> usually you get robins being sarcastic
0: yes and it's the reverse with the england so it's interesting to see you know that that version of bruce Wayne where he's like what you think boy wonder
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and he has jason todd as a young robin appearing in that also so, oh that's cool which we kind of skipped over in our things we didn't recognize it because i didn't watch Titans. enough
1: <laughs> all right well Anyone got a problem with that? Send us an
0: email. <laughs> Send us more emails.
1: <laughs> All right. So who's your who's your favorite?
0: So it comes down between Adam West and Michael Keaton, right?
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with Ben Affleck. You're gonna go Batfleck? No, I'm gonna go Keaton.
0: I don't blame you on that. I'm gonna go Adam West because yeah, West would be my number, the, the, the number one and two. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say both.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Which is amazing. It's like yeah, no one's no one's nailed the character. I, I I say Adam West for the the actual comic booky elements of the classic comic books. So pre crisis and then post crisis, I go Michael Keaton.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point because it's kind of what you, it's like.
0: You have Batman and then you have the Dark Knight. But we're agreeing, Adam West, Michael Keaton, best Batman's live yeah. action. Yeah, definitely. Honorable mention. Honorable mention to Kevin Conroy.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely.
0: Sadly, he could. They've been Batman over any of the other guys. And then my, my third guys are are the, are the, are the serial verse guys. Because they just bring it with a brawl.
1: <laughs> yeah. My third is probably Christian Bale.
0: You would do that. Yeah. <laughs> How was your beer?
1: <laughs> oh, it was really good. Really good. And, and I'm happy it wasn't uh, 8% ABV. I really appreciate that.
0: So you've heard my rants going on because the beer's getting in, getting emptier and emptier in that giant bottle of a lim that beer. <laughs> so if you're listening to Anne Hathaway, it isn't always so much me hating on you for being Catwoman. It's, it's partially the beer, and you're welcome to come over and drink with me anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, sure. we'll we'll watch the movies. <laughs>
1: yeah. You can explain to me your thought process.
0: You can you can say why you're a better Catwoman. <laughs> I will say of my rants <laughs> in the top and is only number two in my rants joker's joker being joker being number one and Hathaway being catwoman number two and number three being david mezuzah being a sniveling little cry bruce wayne i don't know you you have no rants you no. you are a principal principal man so to go over the days again
1: i do have rants but mostly they're mostly marvel rants Yes. <laughs>
0: but to go over, we'll post these 12 days so you can sing them along. But those were, again, our 12, 12 bats, bat-ranging, 11 evildoers, evening, 10 butlers, a butling, 9 catwoman, bat-toosing, 8 mat-mobile, so we are losing, 7 regalia, riddling, 6 robins, uh, holy smoking, Five green-haired jokers, four sonaring bat wings, three gotham penguins, two two faces, and a bane in a breathing mask.
1: My breathing mask. That was great.
0: <laughs> it. So, how do you rate your beer today?
1: I was just, tr- you know, I really liked it, uh, and I've had it before. It's—it's it's, almost tastes like a sour, but it's... uh what did I say? It was a Berliner Weiss. But yeah, so it's really sweet. You can really taste the the plum coming through. You can't really taste that much of the bourbon. It's very mild. Um, so I really, really did enjoy this one. So I am going to give my beer uh, a Wap Pow Bam from 66 Batman.
0: Nicely done. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> so my beer, because it's a big Kentucky christmas morning you wake up like you're a pennyworth that's <laughs> eric wilton from 49 you start drinking and you feel a little stately like alien napier and michael go and then eventually <laughs> you're full on michael kane smiley faced until you're fighty <laughs> like sean Pertwee we and in gotham <laughs> for alfred pennyworth
1: nice nice that's a long rating.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's the best rating. It is the best
1: rating. <laughs> it's very
0: good. Because I love Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. All right. All right, kids. So yeah, we, we've been rambling for a while now because we like to talk and drink beer. Once again, you can hit us up at podcast at gmail.com, Twitter at cbco underscore podcast, or Instagram uh comic books and cold ones write us and we always love to hear from you this is uh Yek signing out uh from the bat cave underneath a giant penny maybe a dinosaur will fall on me also because i drank way too much beer yeah
1: and this is k max signing out from the bat wing silhouetting the moon all right everyone take okay. care
0: enjoy your miss.